17-year-old Sidney Barringer in the city of Los Angeles on March 23, 1958. Hot Fellas, I feel this is my lucky day, March 23rd. Oh, no, your lucky day is the 24th. What do you mean the 24th? It's 1.30 already. It's morning. Yes, and what a lovely morning. Saturday, March 24th, 1984. Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois. 60062 Good morning Good morning We've talked a whole night through Good morning Good morning to you good Well, good morning indeed. So glad you could join us for Soul Food, the Breakfast Club edition. I'm just wrestling up a little breakfast here. I, I know, I know. It's almost midnight. We artists keep strange hours. I just woke up. Also on March 24th, my brother was supposed to arrive today from Calgary with his board game playing son, Charlie. Curtis and I love it when one or the other of us goes to the other one's town. We make it a tradition to hit one or two local eateries. We're not talking elite culinary establishments. Taco Louis in the mall or a new burger stand in an industrial part of Calgary, a burger joint, a barbecue joint, someplace with great Italian ice cream, or maybe a seafood stand near Granville Island. Oh, and Charlie's down for any game going. We had us a heck of a time chasing Pokemons all over Calgary a few summers ago. They just started playing Wingspan, and I can't wait to show them the European expansion, and, well, they've never tried Great Western Trail. They're from Alberta. Sometimes Charlie's a bit too competitive, or, well, let's face the truth, all the time Charlie's a bit too smart, so he always beats us. So sometimes uh, they steer things toward cooperative games at their house. There's one about firefighters putting out burning buildings and submarines and all kinds of places and rescuing people and cats and stuff. Only they have house rules where you get extra points if you throw the cat out the window or overboard or something. I forget the details. Anyhow, I figured I'd teach them my favorite cooperative game, Pandemic. You know, I played that a solitaire version of that the other day. It's easy to cooperate with yourself. And uh, good news. I saved the world. But of course, uh, they didn't arrive today from Calgary for the obvious reasons, so uh, I'll admit it's a bit of a low day. And their absence underlines another one that I have actually been avoiding thinking about, but my daughter and son-in-law and their two girls, Tony, who's five months, and Rosa, who's three years and five months, were planning on heading over from Tofino last weekend and Staying through this next weekend. So the house would have sounded something like this. (laughs) Instead, it sounds a bit more like this. I talked a bit about Shadowlands on the first podcast, and that got me thinking. Back at the end of 2003, 
My partner at Pacific Theater let me know he was leaving, and I had to seriously consider whether I could go on, whether the time had come 19 years in to shut the theater doors, hang the out-of-business sign on the door, turn off the ghost light, and get a real job. I always remember the year 2003, because that's when the third Lord of the Rings movie came out in December. They led up to the release of The Return of the King by screening the first two movies, in the extended version, in the cinema for a week each. So I went and saw The Fellowship of the Ring on the last day of its week, and then The Two Towers sometime in the middle of that next week, and then The Return of the King on the opening day of its run. And somewhere in there, Scott let me know that he was moving on. He had some pretty good reasons. But I felt a lot like Frodo at the end of the first part of the story, the breaking of the fellowship, or at the end of the second film, trying to figure out if I would go on. And a bit like Strider, who had a choice whether to take up what I guess you would call his destiny and do what he probably never really wanted. Or was that just me seeing myself in the story? We do that, don't we? Maybe that's what stories are for, at least partly. I don't like anything here at all, said Frodo. Step or stone, breath or bone, earth, air and water all seem accursed. But so our path is laid. Yes, that's so, said Sam. And we shouldn't be here at all if we'd known more about it before we started. But I suppose it's often that way. The brave things in the old tales and songs, Mr. Frodo. Adventures, as I used to call them. I used to think that they were things the wonderful folk of the stories went out and looked for because they wanted them, because they were exciting and life was a bit dull. Kind of sport, as you might say. But that's not the way of it with the tales that really mattered, or the ones that stay in the mind. Folk seem to have just been landed in them, usually. Their paths were laid that way, as you put it. But I expect they had lots of chances, like us, of turning back. I went a few months not sure whether or why I would keep up this weary, ill-fated trudge, this long obedience in the same direction. And then I went to a student production at Trinity Western, because I had to, and because a couple of my favorite students were in it, and because C.S. Lewis, and I was shattered. And I thought, well... I can't stop quite yet. At least I have to do that play. And so we didn't stop. And we did put on Shadowlands. And for the next 17 years, one, well, I can't quit yet, play after another, here we still are, more or less. And we still can't quite quit. not the end of the world when the cold rains fly it's not the end of the world when the gray fills the sky it's not the end of the world 
leaves must die It's just another season of change It's not the end of the world When the snow hits the trees It's not the end of the world When the lakes and rivers freeze It's not the end of the world When you're driven to your knees It's just another season of change Alan Denoye and his song Season of Change from his album Sunset Theater that came out on Azimuth Records in 1994. Right around the time when Pacific Theater opened our new theater at 12th and Hemlock and Alan and I were performing Cotton Patch Gospel together. Along with Spencer Capier, who you heard in episode one, and Wyndham Thiessen, a.k.a. Bone Man Slim, who you're going to hear from in an upcoming episode. Though I didn't know him at the time, Christmas presents regular John Oxendorf, a.k.a. Ivan Frodneshko, also recorded for the label under the moniker Johnny and the Stickmen. A tip of the soul food hat to Azimuth founder Stephen Hopkins and his fine ear for musical talent. So where were we? Shadowlands. You know, I wrote about the uh, two film versions and the stage version of that story for Christianity Today a good while back. And that verbiage is available on my Soul Food Movies blog. Go to soulfoodmovies.blogspot.com. 
The first post is an index of my reviews. You just click on the link to Shadowlands and you're good to go. Little known fact, uh, both film versions and the screenplay were written by the same writer, William Nicholson. Well, I was incredulous. Incredulous, I tell you. When exhaustive research by our Soul Food Research Department, headed by researcher-in-chief Chantal Gallant, determined that both versions of the film are available for streaming online through Amazon Prime. And if you don't have a membership, no worries. You can rent the famous one with Anthony Hopkins and Deborah Winger for four bucks, give or take a penny, and the rare BBC version for only a buck ninety-nine. That famous one may also be streamable for free through your local public library website. So if you're looking for something to do on these long, isolated days, here's a taste of Anthony Hopkins' C.S. Lewis, followed by an exquisite piece of writing by Pacific Theater playwright and actor and long-ago apprentice Tina Tininga. Brand new piece. I think they fit together in an odd soul food kind of way. We read to know we're not alone. You think that is so? Well, I hadn't thought of it before like that, sir. No, nor did I. I suppose some people would say we love to know we're not alone. Would you? Well, if you mean falling in love, well, I haven't really. I mean, I probably know more about love from books than from personal experience. Go on. I'm listening. Well, I don't think any of us want to be alone. Why love, if losing hurts so much? I have no answers anymore. Only the life I've lived. Twice in that life, I've been given the choice. As a boy, and as a man. The boy chose safety, the man chooses suffering. Pain now is part of the happiness then. That's the deal. A dust moat feeling. Like you could miss me if the sun weren't shining in the right direction. A tiny fleck of nothing. Almost nothing floating in space. A scene from teenage years. My boyfriend grabs the silver edge of the diner's countertop table mid-meal and in a resonant voice cracking with epiphanic energy states, this is real. This is really happening. You and I exist. He stares at the steaming barbecued ribs on his plate as a rich molasses and vinegar scent fills the air between us. An impulse to reach my slender, tanned arm across the table and slap his pale, clean-shaven face. This is delicious. 
I take a hefty bite of my burger and reply, and when onion juice dribbles down my chin, I don't pick up my napkin to wipe it away. How can you eat? he asks, and I shake the glass ketchup bottle over my fries. When a large dollop of red sauce plops onto my hot fries, I say, I'm hungry. The two of us, with our young, lanky bodies, his pale from a summer job in a government office, and mine, sun-stained from working the sand pits and tees of a golf course, share a common insecurity, only phrased differently. His leads him to philosophy and cigarettes, to Tom Waits, Anne Rand, and to a cliched self-loathing. Mine leads to acting. See, I am here, and to God, and to an appetite for the wrong kind of man. Dust motes are lighter than air, smaller than grains of rice and sand, and we only notice them when we stop and let our minds meander, or maybe only when we're depressed in bed and our partner or parent has shoved the curtains open because it's just too bleak for them to find us in a dark room in an even darker mood. When I feel like the dust mote the Bible says I am, and I question my very existence, or to be more specific, if anyone notices my existence, which, considering I've spent the last ten years of my life mostly invisible, at home raising children and playwriting, is fairly often, I try to do a couple of things, to speak out, and to truly listen. Neither are easy. I can feel like I have nothing to say, and even if I do say something nobody hears, when I try to truly listen to others, to really take in their stories, I want to interrupt or I interject with some stupid quit and quip. I want to interrupt or I interject with some stupid quip and cut off their sense of being heard. But I try, and I keep on trying, to speak up, to truly listen. A dust mote is lighter than air, smaller than a grain of rice or sand, but is never alone. It is part of a larger universe of floating bits that circle and dance and float around each other. Together, a universe of dust motes is an ethereal galaxy, a fragile cloud of being, a collective mass of beauty. I am part of a whole, as are you. Speak up as I try to do, and I will try to truly listen. All right, well, let's finish up with a quick visit to the Soul Food Mailbag. See what our listeners have to say. Okay, what have we here? Oh, it's a letter from a young listener named Katie in Merced, California. She writes, I had a dream last night that you were performing a play to a massive audience of elementary school kids. Like different schools that all brought classes. The weirdest part was, I was part of the performance too, and we made some grand exit and we were gone for most of the performance. I guess while we were gone, your staff basically played games and hyped up the crowd, and that was pretty much the whole show. I didn't really get it, but the kids were pumped. Okay. 
I'll let you be in my dream if I can be in yours. I said that. Well, that's it for Soul Food, the Ghost Light Season, our special Breakfast Club edition for Tuesday, March 24th. Courage. <laughs>